Tiki Hut Media. From Tiki Hut Media, this is Soul Ramblings with Jerry Wicker. Hey there, welcome into Soul Ramblings for this week. I'm Jerry, the lay minister at Manatee Life Church in Bradenton, Florida. We're going to head over to the sanctuary again today. This is the third part of a three-part series on Why Worry. And this one is called Now and Then. Let's head over to the sanctuary. Our scripture lesson for the morning, God's word for today, comes to us from the Old Testament, the book of 1 Kings, chapter 19, starting with verse 11. Hear the word of the Lord. So he, so he said, I started to read the wrong verse. So he said, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Now there was a great wind, so strong that it was splitting mountains and breaking rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a sound of sheer silence. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. Then there came a voice to him that said, What are you doing here, Elijah? He answered, I have been very zealous for the Lord, the God of hosts. For the Israelites have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they are seeking my life to take it away. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Good and gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of these, our hearts, be pleasing and acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock, our strength, and our redeemer. Amen. Anybody here remember the name Helen Hayes? You familiar with that name? She was an actress who had an 80-something year career. She was a determined individual. She received the nickname First Lady of the American Theater. And she was the second person and the first woman to have won what is referred to as an EGOT. In other words, she won an Emmy, she won a Grammy, she won an Oscar, and she won a Tony Award. First woman ever to do that. She was also the first person to win the Triple Crown of Acting. And as of December 2020, and she passed away in 1993, but as of December 2020, the only other person to have accomplished what she had accomplished was Rita Moreno. She also received the Presidential Medal of Freedom, America's highest civilian honor, and she received that in 1986. In 1988, she was awarded the National Medal of Arts. She told a story in her younger days when she was just starting out as an actress, an aspiring actress. She had a producer. His name was George Tyler. She remembered his name very well because he told her that if she were just four inches taller, she could be the greatest actress in the whole world. 
he did not hire her because of her stature. She said this, and this is a quote. She said, I decided I was going to lick my size. A string of teachers I hired, stretched, and pulled till I was in some sort of medieval torture chamber. I I gained nary an inch, but my posture did become military-like. I became the tallest five-foot woman in the world, and my refusal to be limited by my limitations enabled me to play Mary of Scotland, who was one of the tallest queens in history. She was determined. She didn't let what other people said about her determine her destiny. She didn't worry about it. She was determined. We're in the third part of a series called Why Worry? And today we're wrapping things up. Kind of get you caught up for those who are at home or here who may not have been here the previous two weeks. Here's what we've said so far. The reason we worry is because we can't control the future. That's one thing everyone in this room and watching us uh, live stream right now have in common, is we cannot control the future. Jesus comes along and says, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. You just focus on today. In other words, do what you can do today and then trust God to be with you tomorrow. And Jesus says it very plainly. Don't worry. Stop worrying. Now, we also talked about Jesus saying stop worrying does not mean Jesus is saying don't be responsible. He wasn't saying these things that you worry about are not important. They are important. In fact, we saw last week where Jesus said your heavenly father knows about these things. And he cares for you more than the birds of the air. So they're important to him too. That's why we don't have to worry. And then last week, we also saw that Jesus said, I want you to shift your devotion to something else because Jesus is basically telling us in Matthew 6 that what we're devoted to is what we worry about the most. We need to shift our devotion to his kingdom and his righteousness. Now today... We're wrapping up this series with this story from the Old Testament, a very interesting story. It's found in 1 Kings 19 that we just read. And if you read the story of Elijah before verse 11, you find out Elijah had a lot to worry about. And toward the end of the story, God asks him a question. And that's the question we're going to focus on today. It's a phenomenal question. In fact, if you are a worrier or you're worried about something right now, you might want to take this question to heart because this is a question that re-centers us as it relates to what we're focused on and what we're worried about. And here's the question. What are you doing here? God asked Elijah, what are you doing here? Have you ever wanted to quit because things got tough? Elijah did. Helen Hayes was fighting for the role of a lifetime and to be a successful actress. 
Elijah was considering dropping out of his role because Queen Jezebel basically said, boo. He had had all of these victories. Think about this. Unlike Helen Hayes, Elijah was discouraged and worried about what tomorrow would bring because of what Jezebel said to him. He had had all these victories. God was with him, and Elijah could turn the rain on and turn the rain off. It was God doing it. But Elijah was like a rock star at this point. He's a hero. He'd had all sorts of victories. And then Jezebel comes up and says, boo. And he goes and he hides. And she said, she said, tomorrow you'll be dead. You'll be dead. I'll make you that way. And he got scared and he ran. Hmm. Ever notice that uh, not too many mothers name their children Jezebel? <laughs> There's a reason for that. But I believe that God, and when he is having this conversation in this scripture with Elijah, what are you doing here? God is saying to him, Elijah, you're, it, you know, if it, if I didn't exist, if I'm not here with you, then I could understand why you would run. I would understand why you're worried. But I'm here. The fireworks display on Mount Carmel, and they didn't have fireworks back then, but there was a big fireworks display. The mountain removal, the rearrangement of rocks, the fire. And God wasn't in all of those, but he was there. Elijah forgot to factor in God. He forgot to factor in God. He was looking through the lens of his circumstance and what this wicked queen was saying to him. And, you know, if there's no God, then there's no peace and there's no hope. What in the world are you doing here in this place, Elijah? You know I exist. You know I am here. You know my faithfulness. And then Elijah goes into this same speech that he gives earlier in the chapter. Oh, all of your prophets... They're dead. I'm the only one left. And they're coming after me too. Poor, poor, pitiful me. Oh, God, I've got it so rough. And then God says to him, remember my faithfulness. I've been here with you the whole time. All of this stuff that has happened, that was me. That was me. You've forgotten me. And I have to imagine that Elijah, when God said that, probably went, what am I doing here? And here's my point. If you've allowed your worry to drive you into behaviors or habits or some kind of emotional frenzy, drive a wedge through relationships, cause you to do maybe some not-so-smart financial things, consider things you've never done before, I think... This is God's question for you and for me. What are you doing there? God's faithfulness. 
It's one of the reasons we sang, Great is thy faithfulness this morning. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. We need to be reminded of that. We need to be reminded of that. And as I thought about that, another scripture passage that came to mind is 2 Timothy chapter 1 and Paul's letter to the younger brother Timothy. Timothy, I imagine, we're not told this, but I imagine he was dealing with something similar probably to what Helen Hayes was experiencing, probably something similar to what Elijah was experiencing with Jezebel. Somebody saying something about him, maybe making threats. Don't say that. Don't do that. Don't say this. Don't preach in the name of Jesus. Don't do this. And Paul is writing this letter, this second letter to Timothy. And he says, starting with verse 3, he encourages him. I am grateful to God whom I, who I worship with a clear conscience as my ancestors did, when I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day. First of all, notice he said, I'm, I'm praising God as my ancestors did. If you think because your children and your grandchildren are not in church with you this morning, maybe they've, maybe they've gone their own way and you're here, there will be a time when that child or that grandchild is going to remember the faithfulness of grandmama and granddaddy. There's going to come a time. I know because I've experienced it. Praise God for my godly grandmother. Praise God for her. I probably would not be standing before you today had she not been faithful in the past. I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day. Thank God. Where would I be? Where would you be without folk praying for you? Even if you didn't know about it. Right? Where would I be? He continues. Recalling your tears. Timothy's going through something here. Recalling your tears. I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. What an encouragement. When somebody tells you, I can't wait to see you. Oh, it's great. It's great texting. It's great talking on the phone. It's great video chatting. But I can't wait to see you. That's where you can. And somebody said to me earlier, uh, they gave me a hug out, out front here. And they said, I know we're not supposed to hug. I said, I don't care either. And we gave each other a hug. What a, what a wonderful thing that is. He continues in verse 5. I am reminded of your sincere faith. A faith that first lived in your grandmother Lois. Here we go again. And your mother Eunice. And now I am sure lives in you. My mother was not a perfect mother by any stretch of the imagination, but she sure enough made sure my behind was in church. <laughs> she made sure of it. 
and so did my grandmother. And that comes through, lives in you. The faith of grandmama and mama live in you. For this reason, verse 6, I remind you to rekindle the gift of God that is within you. Other versions, instead of rekindle the gift, fan the flame. And notice, rekindle, rekindle the gift. It hasn't died. Fan the flame. The flame's not dead. We're not starting a flame. The flame has died down. It's died down. It's getting low. Fan the flame. Stir it up. Rekindle it. For this reason, I remind you to rekindle the gift that God, of God, that is within you through the laying on of my hands. And then here we go. For God did not give us a spirit of cowardice. Some versions say fear. Worry. Despair. God, wherever, I heard this earlier this week, wherever worry comes from, wherever it comes from, it is not from God. God didn't give us a a spirit of cowardice, fear, and worry, and despair. That's not from God. For God did not give us a spirit of cowardice, but rather a spirit of, listen to this, of power, God's power. You, you're not going to be able to do this on your own. You're not going to be able to stop worrying on your own. But the power of God, you can. But rather a spirit of power and of love, God's love. Love for God, love for others. And I don't know about you, but this last word, self-discipline. (laughs) Self-discipline. That's another sermon. That's another sermon. We could spend uh, a whole four-week series on that one word, self-discipline. But what Paul is telling Timothy there is remember Remember, I've been here with you the whole time. Remember the faith of our ancestors. Remember the faith of people who've come before you in your own family. Remember those folk who have been praying for you. Remember when you got through something and you may not have known that people were praying for you. Believe me, people were praying for you and mentioning you by name each and every time. It is amazing to me, but and... I'm not criticizing you. you. Manatee Life Church is full of folks who are moving on to perfection. I get that. I'm not pointing my fingers at you because I've dealt with this. And it's one of the reasons I suggested when we had, when we planned this morning's service, I suggested great is thy faithfulness because it amazes me how What I'm worrying about today, what I'm focused on and devoted to today and worrying about makes me forget it erases God's faithfulness in the past. It completely wipes it out. Great is thy faithfulness I sing on Sunday morning and then Monday morning rolls around and I, you know, back to work, 
back to paying bills, back to doing the daily grind. And I forget God's faithfulness in the past, and I start worrying about all these things, especially when you get to the end of the or middle of the month and there's no more money at the end of the month. <laughs> yeah. Today's worries just blank out God's past faithfulness because in the moment of worry, we forget God's past faithfulness and we go places we have no business going. And then all of a sudden, God says, Jerry, what are you doing here? Why are you here? Have I, have I, have I not been faithful to you in the past? Why are you doing this? What are you, where are you going? What are you doing here? And again, we're to do what we can do today. And after we've done all we can do today, it's not about being careless. It's not about being irresponsible. It's not about going, well, oh, well, it's not that important. No, no, no. It's, God, I've been faithful today, and I'm trusting you with tomorrow. Can't do anything about tomorrow, God. It's yours. You're already there. The other option, of course, is to worry. The other option, of course, is to spend a lot of time and energy on things can't do anything about anyway. And Jesus would say to you, my friends, you don't really need to do that because God will be in your tomorrow if you simply do what you can do today. Trust him with your tomorrow. And he says, if you start to forget that, go back. Remember. Remember. Remember my faithfulness. Remember the faith of family and friends and those people praying for you and people you've prayed for. Isn't it wonderful? Somebody you pray for and then you hear about answer to that prayer. Wow. Wow. God is so good. God is so good. He's been so good to me. He's been so good to you. Why worry? Why are we worrying? Whatever it is that worry and stress has driven you to, maybe someplace you have no place being, and I'm not talking necessarily a physical place, but maybe in our minds and in our hearts, God's invitation to us today, every day, is I want you to go back. I want you to go back and I want you to remember. And if God, as Jesus said, listen, if God is as concerned about you as you are, then there's no reason to worry. Why worry? My prayer for all of us is that during this unprecedented, incredible uncertainty that's going on right now, in our world, that we as Christians, that we as a church would respond in a way that is so different from the world, the people around us, that our light would shine so bright, not because our circumstances are better, but because we refuse to allow the stress and worry of our circumstances drive us to places we have no place being. 
because we're simply going to do all we can do today and trust God for our tomorrow. And when we do, there is no reason to worry. I normally, when somebody sends me something, I normally don't want to embarrass them or uh, put them on the spot. But my good friend and sister Kathy sent this to me uh, a few days ago. She reads, and I'm sure many of you read. If you haven't, I would suggest you start, uh, pick you up a copy. It's uh, Jesus Calling. Um, and this devotion, it's a daily devotion, takes just a few minutes to read. This devotion is, it takes a few scripture references, and the devotion is worded as if Jesus were speaking to you in the first person. Okay, so this is Jesus speaking. And this is from uh, this past week. She sent this to me. Anxiety, worry. Anxiety is a result of envisioning the future without me. So the best defense against worry is staying in communication with me. When you turn your thoughts toward me, you can think about, you can think much more positively. Remember to listen as well as to speak, making your thoughts a dialogue with me. If you must consider upcoming events, follow these rules. One, do not linger in the future because anxieties sprout up like mushrooms when you wander there. And two, remember the promise of my continual presence. Include me in any imagery that comes to mind. This mental discipline does not come easily because you are accustomed to being God of your fantasies. However, the reality of my presence with you now and forevermore outshines any fantasy you could ever imagine. Let's pray. Like Elijah, O oh God, we turn and face you in the midst of storms in our life. Help us this morning to hear you speak to us, not in the wind or the thunder, nor the upheaval of the ground around us. Help us to hear you speak to us in our heart of hearts as that still, small voice in the midst of the storm. Give us direction. Give us your peace and your hope. Help us remember how great is your faithfulness as we surrender all to you. We pray this in the holy, precious, and powerful name of Jesus. Amen. And as we go and leave this place and go out into this world that needs the light that Jesus has placed within us, for this reason I remind you to rekindle the gift of God that is within you. Rekindle that gift. Fan that flame as we go throughout our week. Go in peace. Okay, that wraps up three weeks, week three of Why Worry Now and Then. 
Be sure to connect with us at Manatee Life Church, our website and our Facebook page. Links are in the show notes. You can watch us live stream every Sunday morning at 1030 Eastern Time. Invite you to do that. You can also connect with us here at Soul Ramblings Podcast on our Facebook or Instagram pages. Links in the show notes as well. And wherever you're listening today, would you click subscribe? That way you never miss a new episode. Be sure to leave us a rating and a review too. We would really appreciate it. I want to thank you for the gift and privilege of your time today. I know your time is valuable and you could spend your time listening to any number of podcasts and you chose to spend your time today listening to us and we really do appreciate it. And here is a last piece of advice. If you believe in goodness and if you value the approval of God, fix your minds on whatever is true and honorable and just and pure and lovely and praiseworthy. Until next week on Soul Ramblings Podcast, I'm Jerry Wicker. Keep the conversation going. Grace and peace. Thanks for listening to Soul Ramblings with Jerry Wicker. Download new episodes every week. And if you haven't already, subscribe and be sure to leave us a rating and review. Soul Ramblings is a Tiki Hut Media production. Thank you.